Welcome to Imperfect Allies. My name is Chris. And I'm Richie. And we're here to talk to each other about what it's like to be white and what it's like to be black in America. Our goal is to have a candid conversation about race and how it impacts and intersects our daily life, as well as our country. The episodes offered here are based around real, candid conversations that Chris and I have that are available if you support the show. From those conversations, we take a deep dive into topics that we discover to better empathize and understand ourselves and our American culture. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe and reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter at Allies Imperfect. Well, let's start the show. All right, welcome to Imperfect Allies. I'm Chris. I'm Richie. And today we have an awesome guest with us today. You know, we're always reaching out to our community, talking to different people, and just wanting to understand what it's like being white, being black, being in the boxes that our world puts us in and how it's like interacting there and so today we have our special guest jamie how are you doing jamie hey doing great how are y'all doing well we're good yeah Um, we're happy that that you have joined us today because um we're always trying to reach out to different groups and different communities and so you are going to be in a, a community that we haven't spoken to yet and we want our listeners to be able to be imperfect but hear straight um people like just straight from their mouth of how they feel what they're experiencing so it's not like oh i heard it on youtube or i watched it we have really intimate conversations with people straight from their mouth do you know what i mean and so Absolutely. uh we're so just glad first, you're here <laughs> the first imperfect allies thing i'm gonna do is uh jamie how do you pronounce your last name because <laughs> i don't know how to pronounce Zesky. it zesky very good yes. Zesky. and uh what are your pronouns uh jamie uh, my main pronouns are they, them. I also am fine with she, her. Okay. Very cool. They, Very they cool. them, if all else fails. Yeah. They, them, all that follows fails. Very good. Well, Jamie Zesky, it's very, very wonderful to have, have you on the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? And, and where I am uh, born and raised in the Dallas, Texas area, Irving specifically. Um, okay. I've been here most of my life, except for a few years in Chicago, Illinois, and then came back here and been in the Dallas area ever since. Very um, cool. Yeah. In Chicago, study, I'm going to assume studying improv. Is that? I actually, oh, no? well, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, that's why I went there to like pursue acting and learn about comedy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd never lived on my own before. And this was like in my early 20s. So I basically like uh, early 20s, my way at out of doing comedy for a while and just was kind of being debaucherous and hanging out with a bunch of bands and stuff <laughs> in Chicago. Plus, okay. like it was really hard to like adjust to uh, adult world expenses for the first time while oh, yeah. adjusting to living in a much bigger city for the first time. So I also got kind of overwhelmed with like the financial realities and the adult realities of it. And just kind of was like, well, I'm just going to hang out and pay rent for about a decade, then move back home, okay. then get into comedy. <laughs> it's kind of go. my journey. That's so I, Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's in a way oh. it's been wasted time, but in a way it also hasn't. I feel like I came uh, back into comedy and back into myself at just the right time. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I was thinking the other day 
when the first time I moved out, I was 19 and I had two jobs. I worked retail and I was a waiter. Uh, and I was working probably 50 to 60 hours a week at both those jobs and still had trouble paying that $350 split rent with my, yeah. with my roommate. Like, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get it together, man. Wow. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> so I feel that a little bit, not, a, not for a decade. Cause I moved back in with my parents for after about a year and a half. I couldn't, I couldn't, you I couldn't, couldn't do it. You couldn't it. make it. Uh, 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 uh. No way. I know but, that part uh, of the dance too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, so Jamie, what are you doing now? Are you uh, just doing comedy or what, what are we, what are we doing now? I am just doing comedy at the moment. I was working uh service industry jobs. You know, when the pandemic hit, I was like, I'm going to have a crappy day job waiting tables and doing free comedy for the rest of my life. And it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Yeah. And then they were like, Oh, no more restaurants, no more movie theaters where I was working at no more live theaters. So I was like, well, I guess I better, I better figure it out. And now I'm at the point where I really have to start figuring it out. I have been on unemployment this whole time and been able to stay home and stay safe, uh, which I'm really grateful that, I have that opportunity because I know a lot of people don't. So right. I've just been I've just been trying to work on a lot of creative projects. I've been doing some comedy teaching, um, but basically I've just been laying low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels very much like a hibernation time. Yeah, uh, yeah. In some way, yeah, for sure. Um. So so what? Uh, I guess so. This is we ask kind of these broad questions because that's kind of what we're trying to get into here. So what? Yeah. What are some of the things that you identify as? Um, Oh, so right. Was, yeah. Get, yeah, your, yeah. <laughs> get your pen and paper ready. Let's see. I'm uh, I'm under the umbrellas of both LGBT plus and transgender. Okay. Uh, the specific terminology I would use for myself is that I'm non-binary, that I'm genderqueer, that I'm femme identifying. But that's okay. all sort of under the transgender umbrella. Um I'm sure we'll talk about, I'll get into more clarifications, but yeah. under the LGBT uh, plus umbrella, um, I'm also able-bodied. I am uh, neurotypical. I am okay. Caucasian. I am, um, let's see, I have astigmatism and I can see, I need glasses <laughs> to see things that are up close. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I believe that's all of my current uh, things that I identify as. Yeah. That's really, that's, that's really, really perfect, interesting. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask, are you right-handed, left-handed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm technically, I think kind of everyone's been ambidextrous since the internet, uh, but I'm, I'm dominantly <laughs> yeah. right-handed and uh, oh, I can, I can, I can, I can like make my signature with my left hand. Whoa! Yeah, it just didn't look good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't I like to be right. confined to these boxes society puts me yeah. in. Yeah, <laughs> you're fine. Sure. I love that. Uh, you said broke you broke hand your hand. Twice, my right hand twice, which I write with my right hand. So I had to learn learn to write write and draw with my left hand um, for a little bit. So I got a little bit of that, but not not. Uh, I, I haven't pursued it afterwards. Once I can heal my right hand up. I was going back. I mean, you know. Wow, I broke is... my right hand and I stopped oh. writing. I was like, oh, writing's okay. done. I guess I can't <laughs> <laughs> so y'all are both more bold than I am. There you go. There Only you go. communicating through telepathy and speech from now on, I see. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting, man. So so um it's kind of going back to what 
what you uh, talked about. So one of those being, uh, you say gender queer. So how did, um, did I get that right? And make sure yeah. that I'm getting the language right. Cool. So this is, this is a new, this is something, um, that I'm, that I'm new to in that, like, I'm trying to understand and read and, and, and listen about these particular things. Cause they're not, um, it's not my experience, right? So my experience is straight and white, even though I didn't talk about being white as a kid or as an adult, <laughs> um, it was yeah. very much the culture that I was raised. And, um, while, you know, I, I, I do consider myself Caucasian. I have a hard time identifying with white, but people will, you know, they'll say that's what you are and that's what it is. Um, and as far as like the, the gender stuff, like I remember being called a girl a lot, right? I had this, mm. I had beautiful blonde curly hair, big glasses. And there's like, a, uh, you'll see it on my Facebook page every once in a while, I'll pop it up. In sixth grade, I look like Sally Jesse Raphael. I mean, like, like it's a spitting image of this uh, lady talk show host in the, out of the out of the eighties and nineties. And um, I remember that feeling of like, that's not what I am. You calling me this, but that's not what I am. And it, yeah. and it, I didn't mind like I don't I didn't have any kind of hatred for girls. I actually really wanted to be around them most of the time. Um, but I'm curious if that if you connect with that sort of sentiment or or feeling at all. Oh, like absolutely. somebody calling you one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's definitely in my situation, people uh, mistake me for something else much more innocently most of the time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, like I, I was called a girl as an insult uh, growing up as well. And then when mm -hmm. I started trying to tell people that that's how I saw myself, those same people would deny me being labeled feminine then it was just like whoa that was like just oh to hurt God. you know like yeah so it's um yeah i think uh i think a lot of struggles are related i kind of like to say that like um you know particularly homophobia or queer phobia and uh sexism are like kind of siblings, you know, if you think about yeah. it, it's all, it's all, it's all based on this idea that there's an ideal way to be cis, white, hat, male, um, yeah. able-bodied, et cetera. And if you delineate from that in any way, like then you can be a subject of mockery. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I kind of think I definitely relate to that feeling of, um, being ridiculed for a perceived sensitivity in my mm. male body. Um, I think like, that's why a lot of, uh, things we can do to be mindful of trans people, which is which is basically I can boil down to less of a social, uh, emphasis on gender and gender roles. If we yeah. kind of step back from that as a society that obviously helps trans people, but it helps cis straight dudes that are yeah. getting teased for having feelings and then come and do violent things to themselves and others. Like, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I definitely relate to that in my own life. And I've seen, and I've had white straight, uh, hetero friends my whole life that I've seen that happen to. Um, mm -hmm. so I know it's not fun. Interesting. You've seen that, that, uh, your cis white males friends have, basically felt bad for being sensitive yeah uh, uh, I, oh, wow. I, I would say they i've seen them all tried to be made to feel bad for that whether or not mm. they all internalized yeah. it in the same way uh i can't really speak to except for things they'd say but yeah absolutely i think it's just kind of 
a schoolyard sissy bullying that does travel us into adulthood and that's kind of what toxic masculinity is about i think sure definitely and 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 i'm curious uh well go go ahead i was just gonna say like and of course most of the the straight men that i've been close to are like have some traditionally quote-unquote like feminine aspect or interest or something that is thought of as not masculine so like uh i mean but those are my soulmates regardless of us having other identities uh, separate from each other just like you know we were we were the indoor kids or the ones doing the play on the sideline <laughs> during you know kickball yeah. or whatever um so. there were kids on the sideline oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah man if if we could hide from the gym teacher yeah definitely <laughs> wow wow man you got well, me thinking so about go ahead go ahead chris oh. Well, so I guess the, the one of the big things I'm curious about, and we talk about how our family dynamics kind of um, Im- impact us as kids as we're growing up, and then how do the, how do their worldviews impact us? So, how is your family? Do you, or do you have a good family relationship? I know you said you moved out to Chicago early, which uh, made me start having ideas. So, I'm just curious, could you talk on your family dynamic? Yeah, um, I come from a pretty supportive family. Um, we are uh my parents are still together um and like absolutely in love with each other which is great for them um (laughs) i've got like a strong family unit of siblings and uh and their kids that i'm really involved with uh we have a we're from a a catholic background although i have not uh, participated in some time which they have never uh like well just to speak to my parents open-mindedness that was a decision to stop going to church, for instance, that I made in like high school. They're wow. like, you have to, you have to get to like confirmation age, uh, which is a Catholic thing. Like once you're old enough to be confirmed, then you like, that's when you're supposed to be making your own ideas up about God anyway. So that's when you don't have to go to church with us anymore. Wow. Um, yeah. So, and I mean, there's, there's still definitely some gaps in our worldviews, uh, which I attribute a lot to like age differences and background differences. But in terms of like never doing anything horrible to me for any of my characteristics, they're awesome for supporting me at, you know, all the LGBT comedy shows and all that. They're awesome. Uh, Trying to use my pronouns. They're okay at, um, I think there's a lot of, I mean, that's a whole different, uh, they see that in a very different light than I do. Um, mm-hmm. There's definitely like, I think an idea of uh, mourning the loss of a trans child on the parent's behalf that the child yeah. doesn't necessarily feel. So I think they're yeah. still, still dealing with that in terms of uh, telling their emotions to catch up with their muscle memory and, you know, use the right words. Uh, yeah. But in spirit, they're definitely doing their best. And I'm very grateful. Hey, everybody, this is Richie. I just wanted to jump in here real quick. Uh, During the conversation, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to share this part on the podcast, but I wanted to preempt this bit of the conversation with letting you all know that I did speak with my uh, kiddo, and they were perfectly okay with me sharing uh, what I'm about to share. So I just wanted to jump in there and let you know that um, while I did have some reservations about sharing it on the show, I did check with my my kiddo and, and their they're a hundred percent behind it. So thanks so much. And, uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Wow. 
That's awesome, man. That's really good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good to hear. Cause I know like a lot of, so in, um, in, uh, my family, like there's a, I think that support structure is there as well. Um, for the folks that are, uh, gender queer and stuff like that. I think that there's been a, and I can sort of speak to the, the loss or the, the mourning, I think a little bit in that, you know, and I, I may have to cut this from the podcast, but I just want to be open with you guys. Cause my, my daughter, uh, who's 16 is gender queer and my, um, 14 year old is, uh, gay. And, um, they came out to my parents, which my parents are very supportive. They don't really understand, but they were very supportive, uh, as, as gay, but she has not come out as any kind of, uh, different gender, like different gender or anything like that, mm-hmm. like where, where she's at. And so, you know, she's going by Aaron and her name is Eleanor or, well, you know, her birth name was Eleanor. And it was very important to us to name her that because it means fire. It means light. Like we put a lot of thought and like mm-hmm. meditation and prayer or whatever into it. And when that switched, I had to reach out to my, like some of my trans friends, like, can you help me? Can you help me like with this? Cause it's a big deal to me. Cause I feel like I'm, I'm losing something. And, mm-hmm. and in fact, I really wasn't losing because they're like, the name is not who they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at least that's where their advice to me. So I was just curious about uh, your your advice to families or, or just people in general that like this is new to what what's some of the things that they can do to be an ally or to be supportive when when you're, this is stuff is like coming up or coming out or, or you deciding to talk about it, I, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think. um the primary thing that you can do to support a trans person um, at any stage, but especially when they're first uh, deciding to be honest with you is just listening uh, and trying not to center your own feelings and experience. Uh, Mm. Listen. Um, I think something that's helpful is if we're talking about a parent that's trying to come to terms with like a, with a a gender non-conforming child, I think it's really, I I would almost split, split uh, the emotional tasks, give the child all of the love and support you can, and then take anything else you're feeling about it and find a good therapist or a group (laughs) or something and like, and work through that with them. Uh, Mm. Because I mean, even not meaning to be hurtful, like you say things that you don't realize are loaded in that scenario and you might not be understanding all the right and wrong things to say. Well, it's best to get that out with somebody who's been through it or been trained in it, who can give Mm -hmm. you some, some best practices. And then that way the person who's coming out to you kind of gets to have that moment to themselves. Uh, cause that is a big deal. And they're, we're experiencing, uh, we're, we're, we're looking for relief and acceptance uh, initially yeah. and always. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, I think it's important to give acceptance without understanding because Ooh, we can, good. we can try to understand and we can continue to understand yeah. and evolve with each other, but there's always going to be a ceiling. We're not going to, nobody's going right. to know anybody's situation if they haven't been in it. So right. I, yeah, just don't, don't look as under, I, I wish people wouldn't think understanding and 
knowing all the right words and terminology is a prerequisite to acceptance and uh, trying to be cool. Right. That's dope, man. Yeah, that's good <laughs> because, like, understanding, I yeah, wow. understanding is it feels like such a requirement for anything in this world because yeah. it, what we don't understand, we typically have fear about, and we talk about fear a lot on this mm-hmm. show, and mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people that the first move is to find understanding so that they can conceptualize and not have fear or anything like that. But let's stop and think about acceptance first. That that's pretty amazing because I don't know if I even do that. I automatically go to, Oh, let me understand where they're coming from. I'm a pretty open-minded person. I got this. Hit me with what you got, you know, like um, (laughs) the first stage should be, hold on, let me let you know I'm accepting everything that's coming at me. And that what you said was just listen we have that same conversation, Richie, when we're talking Republican to Democrat. Like, yeah. hold on, let's let's stop that. Just listen to each other and start mm-hmm. there. And so, I think that's foundational in all human interaction. Well, that's awesome. Absolutely. And you said something really interesting, Jamie. You said when, uh, uh, when we start being honest with people, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit because one of the things with um, one of my family members is, you know. Uh, she's recently come out as genderqueer. Um, she's come out publicly, so you can t- definitely talk about it. Um, but one of the things in conversations with family, because I think that we were trying to get to understanding first, but one mm-hmm. of the things that came up was like, look, guys, you know, they have always felt this way. This is just now a time when they're uh, being open about it. Can you speak to that? Like the difference between that and I think there's another uh understanding of like oh this just happened yeah the shift we yeah <laughs> you, be, you became whatever it is you became when did that change but, like, yeah. yeah versus i know i've been this way can you talk about that a little bit sure um i'm i'm not sure i can add anything to it because i just agree with it i think uh <laughs> that's because that's definitely been my experience of um I guess I guess I could talk about in general. Um, you know, I started telling people that I was trans in 2012, so it was like a word that people had heard, but mm-hmm. it's certainly not the same uh, public awareness a couple years later, and not like it is now. And mm-hmm. like I hope it will be even more in the future. Um, so that happened, and I kind of my experience. Uh, giving words to being trans and then starting to tell people about it. I was doing a lot of, uh, you know, I had a a tight knit group in Chicago and like there were gender variant people in it or that were uh, friends with people in it. And I was doing a lot of just self discovery on Tumblr and stuff Mm -hmm. like, like, like finding, you know, like there's a light bulb went off. Oh, like trans, that sounds kind of similar to what I feel. And then I would Mm. go and find out and look up, look up all of these different kinds of ways to be trans under the umbrella. Uh, People who are, have other intersectional identities as well as being trans. And like, I feel like I learned a lot about that. So I was just kind of like, okay, I've got my Tumblr roadmap of like (laughs) what all these different groups of people want, what all their microaggressions are that I can avoid. And so it was like, all right, these, I found the words for what I am that I've been looking for, for like 
28 years now, like I'm going to go and tell everybody in my life and they're going to be really, really happy for me. And there's going to be no problems. <laughs> and that was naive. <laughs> and that was naive because to me, it was a eureka point of like, oh, sure. this makes sense. I have the words for it. I can tell everybody I can be open. What's yeah. the problem? And then like when I did start to tell people, particularly older friends and, and family members, that's when I had to be like, oh, they're going to they're going to need to take their own time with this. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm to whatever degree I want to be going to be involved in that process. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of, um, I, I, but I've tried to have a lot of empathy for being in the other position of it too. Um, I, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. difficult. And especially if you're an older person, especially if you're a parent who have all of these, ideas about what it's going to be like to have a child and what their child is going to be like before the child's even born like right that that's a lot of that's a lot of uh preconceived notions to to distill from your mind um Mm -hmm. so i certainly i certainly get it um but i also i i also wish that uh allies would take more care to uh avoid i feel like like with relatives i feel like if they run into somebody who only knows me by my dead name or my former name Mm -hmm. they'll like they'll feel comfortable using old names and pronouns to tell that story and i'm like i'm still Hmm. the one existing in like this body that i don't want the world to comment on (laughs) so like i understand why you told that story but it's if you're trying to take care of me and mm. see me as me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. See that's me as me. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> in past deep, tense, man. like your present ver- in past tense as well, right? Yeah, as it's like you always been this person. Yeah. It's been it's the canon has switched. Uh <laughs> like what do, what do they call it retro retrofitting the story details? Yeah. yeah. yeah the, the the canon has changed. I've always been Jamie. Um mm-hmm. this you know there was another name in the script at that point. Right. Yeah. Well, and that makes a lot of sense, man. And I, and I wonder if that helps, that helps you figure out, you know, those stories, you know what I mean? Like, even if, even in the telling, if, if, you know, if, if that is retrofitted or retroactive, those kind of stories and those kind of past make more sense or just, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause yeah. we were, you know, if we more remove pieces. pieces of ourselves, um, from our past and don't you know i don't know what i'm trying to say <laughs> just trying to say it seems like it it might help us understand better hindsight uh, hindsight yeah to it so i'm i'm curious uh, though jamie too. um so so you know you're you and richie are in kind of two different positions and um the, the question about was you know a lot of people say when did this change i've made that mistake when uh, my best friend came out I, I was I, first words I said were ignorantly since when like that, that I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. um, and, but I'm curious, do you feel like there was an actual change and it wasn't the, like you've changed, but something in you changed. Was there a, in like, cause you said enlightenment when you're on Tubler, was it a change in, you know, feeling like you can just be yourself? What, what was your change process? Yeah, um, for me, it was like, 
Um, I always knew, because, uh, oh, you know, here's here's another thing I didn't mention is I came out in stages, uh, as like many trans people do. Like, mm-hmm. first I was like, well, I'm probably bi. And then people were like, well, no, you, you can't be bi. You have to be gay or straight. And I was like, well, I guess I'm gay, but, you know, I still like girls. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. I kind of really like the way they present themselves and like just mm-hmm. like how they just like you know there's something maybe more to that fascinating and so then so then it uh-huh. kind of uh it, it was an evolutionary process but the metaphor i'm going to use is a, a cloud it was like this confusion cloud i had over me my whole life and mm-hmm. i knew that it was queer related and i knew that it made me different from a lot of people around me um but it wasn't until I started like through a combination of expressing myself and getting to know myself and getting to know more trans people online and in person, that confusion cloud lifted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It sounds like once you had the awesome. language, once like you had the language now to put to what you were feeling or what was going on with you this whole yeah. time. Is that, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And it was uh, like, I know something is off mm-hmm. and I don't know what it is. And then when I started to figure it out, it was like, a relief <laughs> it's just yeah. like a relief <laughs> yeah wow wow yeah yeah i often think of uh so my cousin is trans and i think of the interactions i had um prior and we just didn't vibe well and i think it was a lot because they had a lot of confusion in their life yeah. that they weren't open to communicate and i i we weren't that close, right? I don't think that they, I, I built a relationship to where they could share that with me, um, depending on where they were in their journey. But my cousin now, like we, we click so well, which is so ironic, but that nice. confusion is completely gone. And they, they just feel like themselves and they're accepted. And I love that because it is a, a, a proof that they're just walking with such purpose. Now they, that confusion is gone and you can see it on their face. And, and I just, I love the, how you put that, because if there is a change, right, it's not from our point of view, like, oh, you're switching up on us. It's like, no, I'm no longer confused. Right. That yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, yeah, the change, the the biggest changes were in my confidence and my empathy. Um, yeah. So I'm cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um so, you know, and we appreciate you talking and I, I know, I know that, you know, different populations will get like, oh, like I know in like white communities, we got a black guy and we're going to ask him all the black questions. So I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you speaking, but, but, but it's, but, but those conversations are, you know, I, I probably have maybe four or five people that are trans in my life that I talk to on a regular basis. Um, but still, I'm still like, I have a small, I don't have a ton, you know, uh, and so I still talk to them and try to learn and, and I know that can be exhausting. So I really appreciate you at least, hey, yeah. you know, uh, you yeah. know, I'm, yeah, that's all. That's what I'm going to say. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank um, you. I, I, I definitely, uh, know that pressure, but like you said, mm-hmm. uh, certainly in my younger years, I've also applied that pressure to people in groups I'm, mm-hmm. was, uh, I wasn't in. So now that the shoe's on the other foot, it's uh, I try to have more patience for it and try to ask less of other people. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's 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 good. That's perfect. That's good. See, yeah. we we built a platform where 
you know, we bring people on and they just like, you should already know how this is going to go. <laughs> We're about to ask a bunch of questions. Uh, which we appreciate that. And I think that part of the show too, Jamie, is, is to get to, to demonstrate that um, it's okay to have conversations like this. It's okay. And it's, it's actually really, really great. Uh, and, and, and one thing I want to tell our audience is Jamie willingly came here to talk, talk sort of in this way. Right. So this was, I didn't just, uh, you know, Hey, Hey, let's talk about this real quick, you know, or whatever. When I, when I met them, you know, I don't know, you know, if we saw each other at a yeah. restaurant or something, Man, let's get some trans questions interview. or whatever, you know? <laughs> uh, so that's, I do want to make that sort of delineation and stuff. Um, and one of the, one of the things, uh, Jamie, that we, we talk about on the show and, and that Chris and I, uh, have explored is some of our groups, um, you know, they don't, when we get off book, when we get off message, if I say things like black lives matter and not all lives matter, there's pushback. Why, you know, those kind of things when I, you know, saying like, it's not part of the, the main message of the group. And Chris is, been exploring you talk about that chris like exploring you know individualism and stuff like yeah in the in the black community there are some some rules and you know we uh most most of us think from a collective mindset and so when i speak on individualism or capitalism you know that i get pushed back in the black community from those things and so we've realized our groups our boxes they they want to confine you and make sure that you know what the rules are and speak to those and so i was curious in your communities, what are some rules that you kind of want to break, but you get pushed back on? Hmm. It's a tough question. It, <laughs> it is, really yeah. is. And we think about it a lot. Yeah, we think about it a lot. So, it, oh. you know. Well, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's more than I even realize. I, I, are you kind of talking about like unified messages? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, or, or just even like, and even too, like, just like, you know, um, like for instance, if I were to say in my sort of white circles, oh man, being white today was so t difficult or something like that. Or just talking about whiteness in general. Like, it's like, no, 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 we don't talk about race. We don't talk about that stuff. That even yeah. in just sort of social situations, that kind of thing. Those oh, kind of yeah, like okay. either. How your individual self it doesn't yeah, fit because we all have experience from our sort of categories or boxes or populations or whatever you're going to call it. But then, then, you know, there's individual, like the individual experience is just different. Each one of us has like sort of a little bit different. Um, I don't know, piece of that or whatever is, uh, yeah. I can think of a couple different things to talk about. Um, yeah. but they're all kind of different. Like, mm -hmm. uh, like for example, from a trans perspective, uh, one like messaging that I think is very important is like, there's all kinds of different ways to be trans. There's all different variations mm -hmm. of trans. And mm -hmm. I do think that the trans, uh, population is pretty good about expressing that. Um, but it's compared to the larger all inclusive community, that's something I wish that more people understood about trans people. So I guess that would be a source of some friction, um, mm -hmm. like pressure to be binary, to be more male presenting or more female presenting. Okay. Um, is definitely, a, yeah, exactly. Um, 
is is definitely kind of a thing uh, and in the larger lgbt movement i would definitely talk about something like um people who want to be seen as respectable lgbt people and they're like maybe marriage equality is really important to them or like versus where i'm at which is a little bit more like let's destroy the state and do whatever we want because we should be able to and if y'all want to get gay married that's cool like like there's like (laughs) messaging and goals definitely within the lgbt community Mm -hmm. and definitely like a hierarchy of homonormativity homonormativity uh where where like gay men have the most privilege out of everybody else in the lgbt plus collection because uh, wow. they're the closest to being a white man, etc. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there, there's there's definitely all like that could be a whole show, uh, just different LGBT people explaining all of their experiences with that. Um, yeah, I, I think that answers the question. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. <laughs> like, um, I think I don't know if it was you that put me onto it or, or someone else, but uh, these them you, YouTube series. Yeah, that's a great show. They, they do they do a great job of sort of addressing some of those some of those things and you see that quite a bit um in the show and and um uh i just i find that i find that fascinating because it we all have an individual perspective from these sort of collective groups that we're a part of Mm -hmm. and all those voices are uh, important and and um it's but at the same time like i know that i know that for me um, when I go, when I go quote unquote off message, I feel like I don't belong to any of these groups, right? Like I don't, ident- I, you know, identify as straight, but I don't like it. When I think of straight, I don't have a ton of positive, you know, pictures in my, in my head, you know, my parents have a good relationship or something like that. But like just society at large, like if, if I were to say, what are the aspects of being straight? Cool, bro. It's, it's awesome. It's, you know, it's, 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 banging you know whatever it is lift Lift, yeah uh and then you know so so it's interesting to me that even even groups that are way more accepting maybe than the groups that i've i'm in um you you know we still still deal with that yeah that's sort of similar issues i guess or so yeah for sure Uh, because when i look at you know the the black community we are um on, there's a hierarchy of dis, dis disavowed groups, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we feel like we're at the top. We need to be spoken to, spoken about first, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about who's disenfranchised. We put ourselves at the top of that list in some kind of way. But when it comes to acceptance, you know, I don't know if we master that very well. And I find that to be very ironic. And so, you know, to hear that, you know, the focus, the main focus kind of the trans community is there's a bunch of different types of way to be trans that is very accepting. And obviously different individuals will see it different ways, but I think that's a cool um, worldview of, Hey, yo, the way that person is trans is totally different from the way I'm trans. And that's, that's trans life. Like that's just how it is. Right. Whereas in a black community, it's like, if you ain't voting for Joe Biden, you ain't black. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's tough. Like, yeah. uh, what am I doing? Yeah. It's a, it's, it's that binary, you know, binary world, right. Or it's, it's one or the other and not 
all, yes or also or and, yes and that that yes and is not there you know yeah. to move it to improv so well cool man um jimmy uh, jamie ahead. you were gonna ask the question yeah um i get. i don't think it's like hyper productive to compare two marginalized groups together uh mm -hmm. but i always i always wonder if um i've heard like black and latinx friends talk about uh conflicts about different skin tones within their own community and i wonder if mm -hmm. there's commonalities in that versus like feeling mm. as a trans person less than a gay man in the lgbt mm. community mm. Yeah, uh, the the colorism is definitely real, and um, it goes back to the the ability to walk amongst white people. If you were light skinned, you 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 had a real privilege, like it was visible, and so then that mm -hmm. just gets taught over time, and and that exists across nations. Uh, but it is this this kind of hierarchy that, and I hate it because. You know, I'm very, I'm very vulnerable on this show, so I don't feel bad that I'm expressing this. I feel bad that it is a part of me. Um, but I'm, I'm very aware that I'm happy I'm not darker, right? Like, and that is a shame that we have a society that's built that way. And me and my mom, my mom was on our last episode, and she's very light skinned. Um, and so that's my dad's f fairly dark skinned, and so that's well, I guess I'm in the middle. But it's very evident. You know, you see the hierarchy. There's shade passed to light-skinned women. I don't even know. Um, so Will, the Will Smith, Fresh Prince, that's what the show's called. Fresh mm -hmm. Prince. There used to be uh, Aunt Viv, which was Fresh Prince aunt. The original woman was dark-skinned. Mm -hmm. um, but off camera, there were some issues. She was very bold, strong, feminist. And she got cut. And they replaced her with a light-skinned Aunt Viv. And oh. that... The, the black community, that's enough. Like, oh, we see what you did. <laughs> that's colorism. Yeah. And we're not okay with it, right? And that exists in so many different avenues in our culture. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I think it's important too, Jamie, talking about marginalized groups. Um, because I think oftentimes you'll see folks that are in the majority and they'll say like, they'll, they'll talk, you'll, they'll hear these conversations and see like, say, see, they, they're not accepting or, you know, black people don't accept gay people or, or, or trans people don't accept Republicans or whatever it is, you know, whatever mm -hmm. thing it is, yeah. uh, or, or, or I don't know, whatever, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, um, I'm not very eloquent tonight and I apologize guys. I don't know what, <laughs> what's going on with my brain, but like they'll use that to, to sort of, um, to dismiss what's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. Like dismiss racism or sexism or, or transphobia because they go, they say, oh, see, that group has, you know, problems too, or internal problems. When that's just not the case, every group has that. Every group has yeah. those things that they're dealing with and need to fix and need to figure out. And, 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 um, I don't know. I think, Richie, yeah. some of those people I feel like are, to them, they're proving individualism, right? Because mm. when we, when we put ourselves in all these different groups, there are some people that don't subscribe to that, right? Yeah. You know, they don't even want to believe in the necessity to put yourself in a group and to identify as a certain thing. And so when we have our internal strifes, that proves individualism to them. So uh, such clear evidence that, mm -hmm. look, y'all don't agree because y'all are all different. <laughs> There's no point uh -huh. to even consider yourself in one collective group. That's that's just doesn't make sense to them. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. I think yeah. it's. 
easier to think about the need to uh, label ourselves and talk about our needs when you need something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Good. That's a good point because, you know, um, being in groups that feel marginalized and they have needs that we're bringing to the forefront, it, you have to then measure it. You have to then look at it. You have to label it. You have to um, start assessing it to have a solution. And people complain about uh, affirmative action all the time. And the reason why we put race on different uh, like identification cards, it was solely to fix a problem. We needed to measure it and fix the problem. So we started labeling. And I think that's a great point, Jamie, because, you know, the LGBT community is pointing out, hey, look, there are all these different uh, groups that are being marginalized and we need to label them first. So one, they feel accepted. And two, we can solve these issues and change how we identify amongst us all. I I told Richie this um, moving to California is so different from Texas because they ask me my pronouns. Never been asked my pronoun from a business ever. That's great. (laughs) And so for me, that was so new. It's like, oh, okay, I guess, yeah, I do need to clarify that. And so, you know, bringing those practices to the forefront, it it starts when we're we're pointing out our groups and labeling our groups and then finding solutions. So that's that's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I will I will say that I think it's. you know, we're finding that with all of these groups and categorizations and everything that what really we're, we're fitting all under is the umbrella of human, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, and that means human means trans human means gay and straight, you know what I mean? Like all of these things are included, Mm -hmm. um, in the experience of human and they may not be experienced by everyone at the same time that it is, I think that is um, part of part of this is is discovering that like in, in a voice of like no human means trans, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know what I mean. I don't know. What do you what do you think about? Yeah, that? and I think that goes back to what you were saying a moment ago about um, somebody else pointing out that trans people don't like Republicans or whatever. That right. kind of deflecting. That kind of deflecting. Like I think. That's a, I think that's the core problem is like, instead of looking at it as, okay, who are all the human beings and what do they need and what are we going to do to make them comfortable? It's people being like, well, if that person did this, if that person did a criminal activity or just Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense or could possibly be owned on Twitter, then they're not a person anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like standing around deciding who is people and yeah. every single person is a person. So yeah. like that's the source of my anger and confusion a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good, man. That that that's really good. Because that's because we're all included, you know, we're all included in that group. Yeah. Um, wow. So I I find that hmm. so me and Richie are both on different journeys, Jamie. And I have been diving into the Bible for a roadmap of humanity. And so um, because it's a it's a it's a religious text, but it's also a historical text, and um, uh-huh. and so my my look at the Bible is from a psychological standpoint. I'm I'm really trying to understand that world, um, but to be in the Bible and have kind of the way it talks about you 
be demeaned. I feel like you'll have a different relationship. And so I don't know if you know this, but in the Bible, there's a, a son named Ham who is to be cursed. And Ham is supposed to be Africans. All Africans are descendants of Ham and Ham's descendants are cursed. And so, you know, black people reading that feel some type of way about that section of the Bible. And so I'm curious, what's your relationship with religion there? You know, and how do how does the LGBT community maybe feel about the Bible? Okay, um, <laughs> it's a big one. I know, it's it's heavy. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, I'm glad. I'm glad I know that story. Um, I I'm not too scholarly when it comes to the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, I took religion classes through eighth grade and have forgotten all of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think um, my personal stance is I'm sort of a. Uh, I guess I'm going to call it agnostic plus because mm-hmm. I'm agnostic, but I believe there's probably a higher power of some kind. Mm-hmm. I just kind of think like the best way to be Christ-like is to not think about God and heaven and rewards and punishment and just try to treat everybody on earth like Christ would. Mm-hmm. That's my whole deal yeah. with religion. <laughs> Um, because, <laughs> because when I think it gets into like dogma and mm-hmm. human beings and hierarchies, that's when we sort of, uh, when people have historically harnessed the power of religion mm-hmm. to discriminate against people. Um, and I think I have so many believer friends in my life that I love and respect that I think are thoughtful, mm-hmm. intelligent people, but mm-hmm. that's sort of like the barrier between me and religion is that I know even with the best intentions, it can be used uh, to enact a bias against someone. Sure. Uh, And so I like, that's just sort of my whole deal with religion. Mm. Uh, In terms of like scripture talking about LGBT people, most of my context from it is like seeing things online. Like the thing in my head right now is that, uh, there's a passage that's like men may not lay with men. Right. And somebody was online clarifying. I didn't fact check this in any way, but in one of my, you know, lovey dovey meme accounts, somebody was like, well, that was actually about like this group of men that were like prominent pedophiles at the time. So that's oh, wow. like not necessarily hmm. against homosexuality, but pedophilia, yeah. um, which yeah. the conflation of yeah. two could also be a whole other discussion. But most of my experience with people relating to LGBT people through the Bible is more in support of the spirit of the Bible rather than interpreting the text literally, which yeah. I can get behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. We're both from Texas. So the Bible comes up a lot. Uh, well, yeah. we all three of us are. <laughs> it's just part of what, you know, the culture around here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Jamie, thank you very much. Um, uh, is there any any last I don't know just thoughts popping through your head or anything that you wanted to kind of say at any uh, you know at all about any of this stuff? Um, be excellent to each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <yeah. laughs> exactly. Bill and exactly. Ted said it best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> be excellent. Golden rule: ask for pronouns, share your pronouns. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. I think that 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 ritual, you know. Mm-hmm. Once that becomes established, it, that's going to be an easy one because, you know, it doesn't really infringe on anyone. 
And I, I could just think of the Bible Belt people that we know, you know, mm-hmm. that are yeah. so afraid uh, and they fear monger all the things and destructions that are coming. Mm-hmm. Sharing your pronouns is it's it's so respectful and yeah. uh, it's accepting and, and showing more of your more of who you are. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's so great. That's such a wonderful, vulnerable thing that we can add to our greetings that I think are great. So. Uh, thank you, Jamie, so I much. I wanted to add yeah. one more thing to the lexicon. Um, let's just start casually saying, good call out. Like if good somebody call? calls you out on something, just be like, good call out. Good call. I'll think oh, about yeah. that. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, good call yeah. out. Good call, good call out. out. Okay. Good. Thank well, you all. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, well, thanks again, talk. man. Yeah. Is there um, – yeah, I'm – I don't know. I'm just very excited and happy that you came and talked to us. Yeah. We want to, we want to talk too. more. Yeah. I've, uh, I did feel you want all to... confident for my evening now. Okay, good. good <laughs> oh, good. 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 Uh, did you have any like um, comedy stuff that you wanted to plug or any shout like, out? Yeah. Shout out. Something like that. Yeah, I got one shout out. Go for it. Uh, if you're looking for something to do Thursday, October 29th, we are hosting another variety show. It is called the Safe Space Fun House Haunted House. It is going to be at 6.30 on October 29th on my Jamie Zeske, J-A-M-I-E-Z-E-S-K-E, Twitch and Facebook Live. Awesome. Well, Jamie Zeske, thank you so much again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all. Great to see you. All right. See you later. All right. Wow, that's great, man. That was great. Yeah. Anything pop up for you during that? Um, no, well, I just I I butchered the intro. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that was that was so awkward for okay. me. Okay. Um, we can record and then, it. Um, well, I mean, we can let it stand because okay. we can talk about it, or just you know, I think it's 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 just part of the trepidation one has when they feel like. Right, like being black, I've never had to fear about stepping on someone's toes mm. on like race. Mm-hmm. Right, never. Yeah. So yeah. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> Freedom. Yeah. But then in this situation, I was just like, I was trying to listen to every word before the word came out or after, mm-hmm. and I was like, ah, oh, sh- shit. <laughs> like, and and then I, I I was trying to say, you know, we want to hear it straight from you, mm-hmm. but then but all the only word came out was straight. straight. <laughs> And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was that was painful. <laughs> no, that's good. If you want to talk about it, I would love to have that here. Because because I'm I'm with you, man. And I think, and I, do you know where that comes from, like that trepidation? I, I, I want to say ignorance. You know, mm. I, that's what I want to say because cause it's just a space that I have, I'm not in. Uh, I never yeah. use. Um I, I I don't know. I lack of knowledge, fear, fear. Oh, I fear. mean, okay. I and I think we I said this before. Now it's funny because I didn't know who Jamie was until I saw Jamie's face. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I've done I've done improv with Jamie, mm-hmm. um, and improv is so many different people. So you sometimes you just oh, you sure. don't know everyone that well. But um, but the irony is doing scenes with Jamie. Never had any problems, never fear, never trepidation. Mm-hmm. But knowing we're going to have a trans person on, I don't know who that person is. And I'm just trying to make sure I don't misstep. Yeah. That was way more nerve wracking. Yeah. You know? Interesting. Wow. Interesting. 
Yeah, because I feel that, I mean, I feel that like, you know, when people are, you know, quote unquote different than me, and really all it is, is they're having a different experience than I am. I mean, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're, not they're the same. human. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that experience is so varied and so complex and, and complicated. It, it doesn't fit into a single category. And, and I appreciate, I appreciate Jamie talking just from that, just from a trans point of view, but I know that there, there's more layers and all those things of that, but I, I feel that like, uh, that, that trepidation too, cause I don't want to misstep as well. And, mm-hmm. um, I wonder, I, I want to do some more introspection about where that comes from. And I think fear is probably a good one. Fear that I would fear that I would look like a bad guy or ignorant or that I would look ignorant or look mm-hmm. uh, unknowledgeable, you know, and those kind of things. And like, oh man, I'm going to look stupid, you know, yeah. and I don't want to look stupid. Uh, I want to, I want to be an ally. I want to be helpful at the same time through our conversations when you don't, you know, when you are so manicured, you don't say anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I also find it interesting that, you know, I think, you know, talking to my mom, I mean, yeah, I guess it was all probably about being black, you know, talking to Eris, but talk, uh, it's, I feel like the conversation was one dimensional mm-hmm. and I think about characters on movies and it's like, oh, that character is just black. Like mm. there's, there needs to be so much more to that character. Mm. And so I look at this, this recording with Jamie and it's like, yo, this conversation was just LGBT. Like there's so much more to Jamie mm-hmm. that we didn't explore. And I don't know if we did that to our other guests. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, my memory is not the best. This is just my judgment in the moment. But, mm-hmm. but that's how I felt it was, it was also one dimensional. So, you know, I, d- I don't know if that was something that, I mean, we're imperfect, but I don't know if that's part of we're so hyper-focused on this one thing that we don't understand. Yeah. So therefore, we don't add more dimensions to the person when we're talking to them. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, in trying to figure, like in trying to understand before we accept, you know, I mean, yeah. they talked about that and that was so mind-altering to me. Like, oh, like. That was big. I I have the ability to accept with or without knowledge or understanding. You know, yeah, I don't I mean, have I don't have the ability to understand without like more. You know what I mean? Like so I can do that today. What I can do today mm-hmm. is accept that you know, what what people are telling me about their experience is true. Mm-hmm. You know? And just accept that. Like like I am accepting what black voices are saying that that the police are a problem. You know that that prisons are a problem. That that there is there is racial disparity, um, and it's coming from a place of experience. And people can say, "Well, the numbers say this or that or the other thing," except that over and over we hear the experience is is you know what's what's really going on. And so uh, that's very wow. That's very yeah, interesting. I did. Well, you guys are getting to hear first. Uh, two minds blown, like. <laughs> learning, trying to understand. I'm so thankful that Jamie came on and talked to us. Um, and you know, um, these conversations are, are hard in that, like I can look foolish and I'm looking, I can look foolish in a pretty public way. Right. You yeah. know, I've got lots of listeners that listen to this and could think that Richie doesn't know what he's talking about or he's a whatever, or he, they could think the worst thing of me, you know, that I'm a bigot or some, something like that or trans or uh, homophobic. And, 
uh, I don't want to be perceived that way. At the same time, it's more important that I integrate with people that are in different categories and populations than me. It's just, that's more important. Yeah. It's more important. So it's the price, the price of the ticket is worth it. The price of knowing Jamie is worth it if I misstep. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and I'm curious, when I think about the passion in our current movements, Mm-hmm. acceptance is not something we practice. And I don't mean that as in saying we, we're unaccepting of the fact that there's, you know, LGBTQ and black communities and white communities. And all that. We accept that they exist, but we, we don't accept them where they are in whatever journey they're on. And, you know, that goes to conservatives and accepting that their worldview is real. And, Mm-hmm. Just, I think there's so much necessity to understand. And when when Jamie said that, I never had thought about it before. I don't know that the world is round. I don't know <laughs> that gravity is a thing. Like, I'm accepting these things because someone told me that that was the, oh, what they believe. Oh, yeah, man. I'm yeah. accepting that. With no real understanding other than how they broke it down. But yet when a, a, a transgender uh, person tells me their experience, it's like, ah, not, nah, <laughs> I can't accept that. Like, why not? Wow. It, they just explained it to you. Yeah. You don't have to truly understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's good. <laughs> blowing <laughs> up. This is blowing up. So this is great. This is great. Um, so, folks, I know that you... Um, I know a lot of y'all are right there with us and we appreciate y'all listening to the show, being part. I hope that y'all are having these kind of conversations when you can, being intentional about these things uh, uh, and, and making sure that everybody knows the intention and not just, you know, hey, I want to talk about whatever, you know, whatever group you're part of, especially marg- like marginalized groups, folks that are really struggling right now. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of weight and, um, and you can you cannot add it by accepting first is what we're hearing and for sure i just believe them so thank you all so much for listening um please continue to you know support the show as you can uh you can support us by reviews on itunes uh, give us give us reviews uh, we'll take all the stars you'll give us uh if you can support the show monetarily we have a patreon page um, where our first goal is getting an engineer on the podcast so we're going to sound hopefully better for you and and have a a higher production value to the show. Um, we, uh, we would love to have you be a part of that group. Um, there are, um, for the tiers, there's, there's lots of different tiers, but one of the tiers you can, you can do a, a monthly AMA where you're, you're sitting with Chris and I, and we're having a discussion with you, you know, face to face, um, you know, ask us questions, you know, directly and talk, uh, talk directly to us, those kind of things, listen to our candid conversations. So where we, um, you know, that, that build the show where Chris and I just sit down and talk without sort of any agenda and, and hit on some really, really, you know, hard things and, and enlightening things. So thank you so much for supporting us for sure. Yeah. Thank y'all. Uh, till next time, uh, make sure if you haven't heard last week's episode, check it out. Yeah. Good time. And, uh, we can't wait till the next time. Peace out y'all. Black cars, all black, everything. And I girls a black purse. Riding with a tillage. I can't more in depth if